0: and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode.
1: You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell, and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Did you know that each week we publish a lot of content? Sign up to our weekly email so you never miss out. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com and sign up today. Commercial vehicles use a wide range of filters, and the technology requiring filtration is definitely rapidly changing. What can we learn from a company that has been manufacturing filters for 60 years? Well, today we're going to find out. I'd like to introduce you to Jim Taft. He's the key account manager, and Chad Foote is the director of sales at Hanks North America. Jim, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks. Pleasure to be here.
1: Chad, nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. So I have a question. I guess I'll direct this to Jim first. Jim, with your company being a global company, you've been in business for over 60 years. You started in automotive, but you're moving towards commercial vehicle products. What does Hanks bring to the North American market that's unique?
2: Well, Jamie, I don't know that these necessarily make us unique, but Hanks has three characteristics that I think separates us from our competitors. First, as you mentioned, uh, Hanks has been in business for more than 60 years, but what's really important to note with that is that it's been in the same family for 60 years. Being privately held while still having more than a half a billion in annual turnover, it's a bit of a luxury for us. Uh, You know, we have flexibility similar to that of a smaller company. We get the financial backing and and some of the scale of a much larger company. You know, I I like to kind of share this little anecdote that I think is a great example of just that. Our response to COVID-19, you know, our executive leadership really just wanted to do something. So, you know, in less than a month, we kind of leveraged our global manufacturing footprint and our expertise in filtration. And uh, we just started producing uh, ASTM level one masks, you know, kind of help out with the the global supply chain crunch that was going on um, and kind of just do our part for the community. Uh, you know, we continue to manufacture them, and we've even made it so that we can sell them to private customers, you know not not just giving them to our customers and hospitals like we have been. And I, I really think you know that's a a, a good example of something that kind of sets us apart. You know some of those bigger companies uh, for whom we've all worked, they're they're slow, they're inflexible. there's a lot of red tape, and, and we just don't have that here. You know another thing we bring to the table is a, a focus of getting as much of uh, our own IP into our modules into our products as possible. Well, it sounds like a selfish move. It's really to kind of reassure our customers and then their customers. You know, it helps our customers kind of hold on to some of their, their after sales, their service parts revenue. Uh, you know, with the addition of IP, our, our, there's copyright infringement laws that stop, you know, the fakes you see floating around on the internet from being produced. It gives a little reassurance to the engineers that we work with to design uh, these systems for their applications, knowing that the system's going to work as they designed it because it can only be serviced with the parts that they've approved. And lastly, I think that extends to the end users as well, in that they can buy Hank's product you know, with IP in it for their module, for their individual platform, you know, irrespective of what channel they purchase through, whether it's through a dealer, through a PDC, through Chad, and his side of the business, it's, it's the same product with the same IP in it. And I, I think the last thing, I really think this is the biggest one that we can't hammer home enough Our guiding principle, corporate wise, is making our planet a purer place and something we're really committed to. In fact, we apply it really to to every product we design. You know, as I assume our competitors do, we strive for premium levels of filtration in all of our applications and all our products, but we aim to do so in a way that has a net positive effect on our environment.
1: Well, those are three powerful things that really do make your company stand out. Chad, if we want to buy your products, You know, Jim kind of alluded to it, but kind of talk to us a little bit about where people should be sourcing your parts from.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jamie. So for us, I mean, where you can find them currently, you can find our products available at Fleet Pride as well as Parts Authority. You can find them online at Amazon. We're also in the process of building out our distribution network. So in the future, 2021, you'll be able to find our products at Love's as well as Rush. And you can always refer back to our website if you want to find local distribution at hanks.com and do a search and be able to find local distribution in your area as well.
1: So, Chad, does that mean, though, that you are looking to expand distribution? So if there's someone listening or one of the people that are connected to me and my network that would be in a position to distribute your products, they should come talk to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Please send them my way. We'd love to have a conversation. And really, we're looking for partners that are a good fit. You know, We're not looking for everyone. Uh, we're not overly distributed in the marketplace. We're very selective about who we partner with. But yeah, I'd love to have a conversation and see if there's some opportunity.
1: All right. Well, your guys' contact information is going to be in the show notes. So people will be able to find that. Jim, I want to throw this one your way. Let's go a little deeper into the technology behind your products what problem existed and how does your products address that problem? I always love to hear about the angle that a company's coming at and how they're trying to solve the problems that are faced by people who operate commercial vehicles today.
2: Uh, Sure, Jamie. I think that's a great question. I really think that our solutions, at least on the OE side of the business, they address a few problems that we kind of see as prevalent in the market. As I'm sure most of your listeners know, a lot of the fuel and oil filtration solutions that we see in North America they're spin-on systems, right? Similar to what you see in a pass car all over the road. While I'm sure these solutions you know, obviously meet or exceed specification, we feel as though they're problematic in a few ways. First one being that a spin-on is fully encased, right? It's in plastic or metal or whatever it's in. So a technician or an operator, they, they won't see a non-conformance that may be there, right? It, there's just no way to see it. Unfortunately, they will find out you know when the filter is in system and, and causing trouble to highly sensitive fuel injectors or even the engine itself, a cartridge based solution you know it really completely eliminates this problem. Uh, the service element is can be fully expected hands on and visually you know before it goes into system. You know another thing that spin ons a problem really that spin ons present uh, that we think our solutions don't is that you know critical components of a filtration system change with the spin on itself. Take an oil filter for example. You know, more often than not, the bypass valve is actually part of that spin-on filter. So when an operator or a technician or whomever changes out that filter, the bypass valve goes with it. And they may not necessarily be replacing it with the type of filter or the quality of filter that OE engineer designed. You know, that's just not the case with Hank's products. Everything in our solutions, aside from the element itself, right, that the service part is a lifetime part. So, you know, what you see is what you get. And, uh, you know, again, as previously alluded to, you can see ours, you know, you're, you're handling a filter that's, you know, the material's wide open, the media is there for you to inspect. You can look at your bypass valves, you can look at everything else within the module and see that it's good to go. And uh, lastly, to be frank, spin-ons are wasteful, right? They're full of metal, you know, they get taken off, they get thrown in a trash can, they go to a landfill and they sit there for the next few hundred years. Our cartridge-based systems, they, they contain a technology that we call an energetic solution, right? And what that really means, there's, there's no metal in our inserts, in our elements. Um, they're 100% combustible, right? So they can be recycled. They can be burnt for energy. You know, we think that's a good thing, really, because we're all seeing it. The CV world is starting to move towards EV applications. Everyone's highlighting it between BEV and FCEV. And we really feel as though Hanks can kind of provide an interim solution that is environmentally friendly until you know that EV technology has been better harnessed in the commercial vehicle applications.
1: I just wanted to take a brief moment to let you know that I've been working with forward thinking, heavy duty companies as a business consultant, creating great content, helping sales use digital tools more effectively and developing business growth strategies are the most common projects that I'm involved in. If you would like to work with me, go to heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant to learn more. I also work as a brand ambassador for great brands like Diesel Parts. Diesel Parts is a aftermarket parts cross-reference and lookup tool that makes it easier to identify parts than ever before. Go to parts.diesellaptops.com to create your free account. That's parts.diesellaptops.com. All right, let's get back to the interview. We've been speaking with Jim Taft and Chad Foote from Hanks. Chad, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about maintaining specs across service intervals. How important is that? It might seem like a basic question, but I think it's worth discussing.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that. So let's take one of the most popular engines out on the road right now, uh, the Detroit DD16, which we're intimately familiar with. We're actually oe on the entire module assembly, as well as the filter and the housing. So if any of the technicians have ever worked on that motor, you see Hanks all over the place. But Daimler uh, Detroit, I should say, both of them, same company there, they've got it defined out for severe duty. They recommend you change your oil, your filter out at 35,000 miles. For short-haul applications, they're recommending 40,000 miles, and then long-haul at 55,000 miles. So what's going on, I guess, with the filter is a little bit more important probably to you and your viewers and listeners. So obviously, you've got a filter and what it's doing is as oil passing through it, as that oil passes through the filter, it's got particles that it's ciphering away from the oil itself. So it's taking the dirty oil and letting that pass on to the engine on the clean side. Over time and different you know iterations, that filter eventually hits its dust holding capacity. So it maxes itself out. And at that point, the filters really it's designed to be discarded, recycled, combust, as Jim uh, alluded to, and put a new filter in, you change the oil and away you go. What happens when you don't change the filter? I think that's really what people want to know. Can I push it an extra 5,000 miles? Can I push an extra 10,000 miles? What's the harm? Sometimes it's sight, out of scene, and so we don't really know what's transpiring with it. But that same filter, as it reaches that dust-holding capacity, can no longer effectively and efficiently flow oil through the media to the engine itself. So the engine, being intuitive, as uh, we already talked about, has a bypass valve associated with it. So once that bypass valve gets triggered, what happens is you've got dirty oil that gets passed to the engine, which could have silica, could have water, could have any number of contaminants actually in it. And that's really when the long-term damage is going to start taking place to the engine. That's when you're going to have really irreversible damage that may not creep up right away, but over the service and life of that vehicle, it's really going to be impactful. And, you know, that's really why it's imperative to follow those service intervals that are laid out by the OE, use spec oil and use a OE spec oil filter like our Hanks filters are.
1: I'm going to kind of add another question to that. So if you're working in an environment, like I'm thinking that there's a big difference between if you're on the highway, concrete highways, interstates, things like that, versus where you're off road and you're in forestry or mining or oil and gas. Is there a different spec based on where you're working that truck that you should be considering?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be different impacts to the filter itself, right? Depends on what kind of air filter you have, what type of environment, what kind of air is getting inside the vehicle, if it's dust, if it's dirt. So all those things impact the filter. So really, if you're in a dirty environment, I would definitely look at more so that severe duty, right? You know that's an area where it's better to be safe than sorry because really it's uh we've got a filter that's been specked out by the manufacturer and it's designed to remove those particles on a basis of time, typically mileage, but the more of the dirty the environment, really you've got to pay attention to that and probably service it a little bit sooner than later.
1: When you're thinking about a commercial diesel engine better be on the safe side because the cost of rebuilding an engine because of getting contaminants in there is definitely not worth it at all. Jim, we already talked about the environmental kind of approach of the company. It's built into the very nature and structure of the company. It's what you guys care about deeply and you're, you're taking necessary actions to try to make things better than before you came here. So when we think about that product, Are you able to actually recycle it? You talked about burning it. Wouldn't that add carbon to the atmosphere? I'd just like to understand that a little bit better.
2: Sure. So when we say combustible, people are going to burn product for energy anyway. So adding more carbon to the atmosphere, decaying the ozone, however you want to look at it, I don't know that we add more or less than other sources of fuel for fire. But what I do know is that people are going to burn substances anyway for energy. You know, if if we're burning off something rather than leaving it in a landfill to sit there and not decay, you know, I think, again, you know, that's why we try and stick to the phrase net positive. I don't know that we're the perfect solution, nor do we claim to be, but I think we are a solution, that interim solution, till we move away from the internal combustion engine entirely.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. And and one of the things that kind of bothers me when people... I don't want to get political or anything like that, but my own kind of viewpoint on this is we have to take logical, practical steps to improve the situation. And I think people underestimate the massive leaps we've taken, especially in the commercial industry, to try to reduce what we're putting into the atmosphere and and the negative contribution to the climate and all the things that go along with that. So anytime you can work with a company that really cares about that and like you said, has that view on on a positive approach, I mean, we're not making things worse. We're trying to make things better. That's worth something to me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I really think, again, you know, I've I've stated, you know, we can't hammer this point enough, but it's an absolute driving force corporate wide. Every meeting I've been in you know, be it at the plant level, the North American level, the global level, it starts off with, you know, our goal is to make this planet a purer place. You know, we do it internally, you know, we're trying to improve our processes to make them more environmentally friendly, whether it's, you know, our manufacturing processes or just just the manufacturing environment for our employees, just really trying to make things better. And I think, again, to, to follow your lead and not get political, I think you, you bring up a great point, right? We're, we're all striving to get better. You know, you see all across North America, all the major truck manufacturers putting out a super truck, trying to show we can, we can save a tenth of a percent of fuel mileage here and there by doing these little things. It's, it's really, you know, until we find the optimal solution, it's what can you do to make things better? And it's really something I think, you know, we strive for and we're getting pretty good and positive results from.
1: Chad, what is the number one thing you want fleets to know about your company?
0: Yeah, I think the number one thing I'd want fleets to know is, you know, we don't compromise on the quality of our products. You know, we understand that uptime is paramount for fleets. And when you have a truck that's down, you're not able to support your customers. And that impacts business. You know, our filters are built to OE spec. Uh, we've been doing that since 1958. It's important to us. And to ensure that, you know, your trucks continue to run day in, day out, that's our number one uh, basis. So if you want to take that out of the equation, there's a lot of things that people can worry about with their trucks and with their fleets. And if you use OE spec oil and an OE spec filter, Like ours, really, that peace of mind is what we provide. So, Jamie, I'm just going to have to say, if any of your listeners haven't tried a Hanks Filter, please go out to some of our distribution partners. Try Hanks Filter. I guarantee it's going to perform exactly like the OE, because it is, and you'll also do it at an economical price as well.
1: You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. And today, we've been speaking with Jim Taft and Chad Foote from Hanks. To learn more, go to Hanks.com. Links are in the show notes. Jim, thank you so much for being on the Heavy-Duty Parts Report.
2: Yeah, Jamie, I can't say uh, what a pleasure it's been enough. Thanks for having us and kind of letting us spread the word of Hank's as we you know, try to expand in North America the same way we are in Europe. Chad, thanks so
1: much
0: for being on the show. Jim, we really appreciate it. Look forward to the next time.
1: Did you know that on Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain, 12 Eastern, we broadcast live interviews that you can participate in? Tune in on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook. Learn more at HeavyDutyPartsReport.com slash live. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash live. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and I just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and <laughs> let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling.